please tell everyone who you are and how long have you been at Christchurch. Good morning, everyone. I am Susie, and I have been here probably about 27 years, 27, 28 years at this church. And I came here, well, I can tell you the date, it was Easter Sunday 1990. So maybe your maths is a bit faster than mine. <laughs> and um, the important question we have for Susie today is to tell us what belonging to Jesus uh, means to her. So Susie. Now according to Rachel, I have a very few minutes to tell you what that means to me. <laughs> so I will try not to take up three hours of your time. I have belonged to Jesus for quite a number of years now, and interestingly, I can remember my baptism as a, little, as a little child when I was about two years old. And even though I didn't know what was happening fully, I know that Jesus had his eye on me. And the challenge is to believe in someone you hear about, but you cannot see, you cannot hear, you cannot smell them. And that is a challenge, and that has been a challenge for me, to believe in the Jesus of the Bible, to believe in the stories that other other people have told me about him, but to find out that these stories are true, and to walk with Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, and to be engaged with what his story was, and his story in my life, is definitely something I would recommend, but I would recommend with a caution. Life is not meant to be easy, and walking with Jesus doesn't mean to say everything is going to be wonderful, but I can guarantee that walking with him in the challenges, you find out more about him, more about yourself, and more about other people, and it really is a joy and delight. And I have just been through the most difficult season of my whole life, with my husband needing open-heart surgery and nearly dying on the table. And I found out that Jesus was my strength, he was my song, and he was just like he was talked about in that song that we sang. Every line of that song was true for me. He is faithful, he is funny, he has a great sense of humour, and yet he has been my strength. If you want to know how funny he is, sometimes if you look out of the window and see something that gives you joy, that's him. He's doing that so that you will see it. He does all sorts of things in our everyday. So my prayer for you is that you would stretch your imagination of seeing how you hear, how you understand who he is, and experience him for yourself. Thank you, Susie. And... Now it's time to invite Peter up to lead the baptism part of the service. Our reading's taken from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. You can find that on page 1144 in the Bibles that are in the pews. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 10 to 12. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, 
but to be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Peter is um, about to bring us our talk, and just before he does, let's pray for him. Thank you, Lord, for the word you have given Peter to talk to us today. I pray that you would open our hearts and minds so that you would speak into them. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, There's going to be some slides that go with my talk, and the title of what I'm going to talk about is I Belong to Jesus. I Belong to Jesus. Um, now, there's a, a picture um, of someone going to go on the screen. And I wonder if anybody knows who this person is. Blanks, blank looks looking back at me. Uh, okay, I'll give you a clue. He's a footballer. Pardon? Kaka, well done. Gold star to you, sir. Kaka, yes. Absolutely right. Well done. Uh, his actual name, his uh, uh, sort of proper name is Ricardo Isaacson de Santos Leite. But because nobody can say that, nobody can remember that, people know him as Kaká. Accent on the second A. Uh, Kaká has been there, done it, and bought the T-shirt as a footballer, as a, a world-class footballer. Uh, for starters, in 2002, he won the World Cup with Brazil. It's not a bad thing to start with, is it? We won the World Cup 2002. Uh, he then went on to win the Champions League with AC Milan in 2007 and the Club World Cup in the same year. He won the Spanish La Liga with Real Madrid in 2012 and the Italian Serie A with AC Milan in 2014. He was also awarded the Ballon d'Or in 2007 and the FIFA World Cup player... Awards also in 2007. So he is well decorated as a footballer. He is also a Christian. And on the day he retired from professional football in December 2017, he posted a photo of himself on his knees, lifting his hands and wearing a T-shirt which reads, I belong to Jesus. Now, that's a, a pretty unusual thing to do for a footballer, wouldn't you say? They don't all do that, uh, but he did. When he was 12 years old, he became a Christian. We've heard Susie saying, I don't know what age, Susie, you were when you became a Christian, but you've, you've been coming to church for quite a long time. Um, but uh, when, when he was 12, Kaká became a Christian. He decided to follow Jesus. And some years ago, he had an interview with uh, TV, with the media, and he said this. He said, I do whatever is in my hands, but the fruit comes from God. He is the tree. I am only a branch. I belong to Jesus. That's a statement on his T-shirt. With no embarrassment, no hiding of that 
belief, that trust in Jesus, no, no hiding that bold declaration of faith, Kakar made it clear to all the world who he belongs to. And today we have just baptised Grayson into the Christian faith. He's been welcomed into the church. And one of the main things about baptism is that it's a bold declaration of belonging. And Tamara and Godparents, you on behalf of Grayson have just declared on his behalf, on his behalf who he belongs to, that he belongs to Jesus. Okay, the world's media aren't here, as they were on the day that uh, Kakar retired. Uh, and, uh, uh, and apparently um, that photo was uh, retweeted 34,000 times around the world. Uh, so, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm not, who knows? We might have a, a tweet that goes thousands of times around the world about Grace's baptism. Who knows? But whether or not that happens, it doesn't make this, this occasion any less important or significant for Grayson and for Tamara and you as godparents. But the question is why? Why is what we've just done significant? And what does it actually mean to belong to Jesus anyway? Well, there's, there's a big question. There are lots of big questions there. I've only got a few minutes to try and answer them. Uh, but we'll do what we can. Let's start with the Bible reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we just heard two verses read from that reading, from that book, from that letter. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians is an ancient letter. We've got it here in our Bibles. It's in English for us to read. When it was first written, as Rachel will tell you because she's just come out of college, it was written in New Testament Greek. Now, not many of us read that language. Rachel might read it better than me, I don't know, but um, it was written in, a, in an old language called uh, New Testament Greek, and it's sent to a church in Corinth. And Corinth is modern-day Greece. So, you know, where lots of us go on holiday, that's, uh, that's where he's writing to. But it's an old letter. It's 2,000 years old, and yet it's, it's still uh, there, there for us to read in the Bible, in the New Testament. And Paul is, St. Paul, is writing to the church to explain to them what it's about to be a Christian. What does it mean to be a Christian? He's trying to get across to them some really difficult stuff about, not difficult, but, well, some of it is difficult, some really complex stuff about what it is to be a Christian in that society. And those of us who have been reading this letter uh, for a few weeks will know that basically Corinth is not an easy place to be a Christian. It is not an easy place to be a Christian in Corinth. It is a difficult place to be a Christian. And I don't know about you, but I think today is not an easy place to be a Christian as well. Susie would probably agree with me. I think today is a difficult time to be a Christian. And so we can relate to a lot of what Paul writes about in this letter. And one of the things that Paul wants them to get their heads around is to think about who they belong to. And he wants them to grasp hold of this truth of belonging to Jesus. But there's a problem. And the problem is they're divided. They're not united on this issue. And so he says this in verse 10. He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I appeal to you that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. The problem with Corinth is is that they're they're not united. They're not. I don't know whether Manchester United is united at the moment, but, you know, they're not united. 
Because the passage goes on to say this. He says, what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And another says, I follow Christ. Do you get the problem? They're divided. They are not united. They don't all agree on who they belong to. Some say they follow Apollos. Some of them are saying they follow Cephas, which is another way of saying Peter. Some are saying they follow Paul. and And others are saying they follow Jesus. And Paul is saying no. No to that. Paul is saying if you are a Christian, then you are following Jesus. You put Jesus first in your life. If you're going to live a life in a way that honors him and shows that you belong to him, then you've got to follow him. Now, as Rachel said in the, uh, in the sort of beginning of the service, she said there's something in all of us that is about belonging. There's something in, in, our, in our DNA, in our makeup, in our nature, in our personality. There's something in us about belonging. We want to belong. But what does belonging mean? Uh, I should have maybe brought a, uh, a membership card. So just sort of picture in your mind a, a, a membership card. Uh, maybe a gym membership card or a library membership card. Whatever it is. Does that mean that you are automatically belong, if have a sense of belonging? It might do, it might not. Or think about, if, you're, if you go to work, think about, you know, these days in, in work it's all about teams. Uh, teamwork is kind of the in thing in, in, in work now. Um, but does that mean that you belong? And there's an inner drive in us to belong. We want to belong. We want to feel part of it. We want to be belonging somewhere. We want to belong to someone or something. There's a yearning in us to belong. And the deepest of all the yearnings in a human being is simply to be loved. That is the deepest yearning in, in us, in any person is to be loved. So here's some good news. You belong to God. You belong to God. And I mean that relationally. I mean that in a relational sense. You belong to God. And I don't even know this, but God has gone to massive lengths, staggering lengths to be in relationship with you and with me. Uh, Somebody called Tim Keller He's an American pastor, an American author, a uh, Christian author, wrote this. It's well worth thinking about, these words. He said this, To be loved but not known is comforting, but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is what we need more than anything. I'll read that again because it, there's, there's, there's a lot in there. He says, To be loved but not known is comforting, but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is what we need more than anything. To be fully known and truly loved is what we need more than anything. And the good news that the Bible proclaims, this book, it proclaims again and again that God accepts us into his family, into his church, without any preconditions. You don't have to be good enough, you don't have to be holy enough, and you certainly do not have to be religious enough. Perish the thought. God accepts us as we are. He loves us as we are. And God welcomes Grayson today into his family, into his church family today. 
It's free. It's unmerited. It's because he loves us. God loves us. And the word that sums that up is grace. Sheer grace. God wants us, God wants us to be in a living relationship with him. That's the final slide, Steve. It's a relationship. It's a two-way thing. I sometimes try to explain this um, by um, talking about my wedding ring. I wear a wedding ring because I'm married to Debbie. And a relationship is a two-way thing. And it's a symbol. And sometimes symbols are used. We've used lots of symbols in this service. I don't know if you realize. We've used water. We've used light. We've used the family. We've used the sign of the cross. All of these are symbols of baptism. But it's about a relationship. It's about a two-way thing. So I'm, I'm in relationship with my wife, you'll be glad to know. What does that mean? It's a two-way thing. I could, I could say, well, I'm in a relationship with my wife because I talk to her. But does that mean I'm in a relationship with her? No, it doesn't. It means that I'm talking to her. Relationship is a two-way thing. It means that I'm listening to her and what she's saying back to me as well, or she's talking to me as well. And in the same way, Tamara and godparents, you've brought grace into baptism, and we love the fact you've done that. But you've got a part to play. There's a part for you to play. You've got responsibilities, and they're listed on this card. I'm going to give these to the, the, to the godparents in a moment. Uh, and there's some responsibilities listed on this card as to what you can do to help Grayson to get to know God. Firstly, pray for him. He's a lovely smile you bring. Thank you. Pray for him. Pray for him. Prayer isn't something we're all used to doing. It's, uh, it's as, as Susie said, there's a mystery behind this. But it's praying. Getting to know God through prayer, it's vital. Vital if we're in relationship with God is to pray. To talk to him and to listen to him. Pray for him. Secondly, get to know this book. Now, the Bible is a, is a you know, it's a, it's a daunting book. It's a big book. It's a long book. It's a difficult book in parts. But there are ways you can get to know it. There's great children's Bibles out there. Buy one for him. Go to a, a Christian bookshop and buy him a children's Bible. Read it with him as he gets older. Wonderful Bible stories to read with him as he gets, and he'll get to know Jesus through them. Thirdly, be a good role model. Now, this is something we kind of a bit struggle with sometimes, but yes, be a good role model. Live out what it means to be someone who's following Jesus. Because as I said to Tamara, when Rachel and I went to see Tamara, they, he will copy you. He will copy you. There's no doubt about it. He'll pick up the values that are your values. He will copy you. So be a good role model. Reflect who Jesus is to him. Fourthly, be part of this church. Be part of the church. Now, we don't always get it right, do we, church? We don't always get it right. We try to, you know, we're a family. We don't always get it right. Uh, We sometimes get it wrong, but I think we get it right pretty much most of the time, but not always. But we're here for you. We are here for you as church. We want to walk this road with you. Don't walk it on your own. Come and join in with us. Join in with us on a Sunday. Join in with us at other times. And we'll walk this journey of faith with you. And, And the goal of this belonging is to become like Jesus. That's the goal of it. That's the purpose. And I want to finish with a story that sums that up. Listen to this story. In a pleasant sunny valley, surrounded by lofty mountains, there lived a boy named Ernest. 
On one side of the mountains, in bold relief, nature had carved the features of a gigantic face. From the steps of his cottage, the boy used to gaze intently upon the stone face, for his mother had told him that someday a man would come to the valley who had looked just like that great face in stone. His coming would bring joy and happiness to the entire community. Mother, said the boy, I wish that it could speak, for it looks so kind that its voice must be pleasant. If I were to see a man with such a face, I should love him dearly. So Ernest continued to gaze intently at the great stone face for hours at a time. Several times the rumour ran that the benefactor was coming, but each time when the man arrived, the rumour proved to be false. And in the meantime, Ernest grew into manhood, doing good whenever he could, and the people in the village loved him. Everybody was his friend. And as he became an old man, Ernest was still looking for the arrival of the great stone-faced, the long-expected one. And one day a poet came into the valley. He'd heard the prophecy about the great stone face, and an evening when the sun was setting, he saw Ernest talking to some people. As the last rays of light flooded the massive outlines on the distant mountainside, they fell on Ernest's face. And the poet cried aloud this, Behold, behold, Ernest himself is the likeness of the great stone face. Then all the people looked, and sure enough, they saw what the poet said was true. By looking daily at the great stone face, Ernest had become like it. You become what you worship. You become what you're aiming at. Our aiming following Jesus is to become like him. It's a question worth pondering. Do you belong to Jesus? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we are here to worship you, to give you our thanks, to give you our praise. And it's our prayer that as Grayson grows up, that he would resemble you, that he would reflect you, that he would come to know you. That's our prayer for him, and that's, Lord, our prayer for ourselves, that you would help us to get to know you so much that we resemble you to the world so that the world may know you and the world may worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.